Well, thank you again for joining us today. As we've been working through the Gospel of Luke, we've been seeing the identity of Jesus unfold. Uh, and that's, that was part of, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, what Luke is doing is he's wanting us to see who Jesus is and to be able to believe that He really did come and He really did do these things. And so uh, over the last couple of months, we've seen kind of more and more uh, understanding come out of who Jesus is. Uh, We've seen Him proclaimed as the Savior. We've seen Him declared as the Messiah. Uh, We've seen Him as the one who has all authority the one who is compassionate and loving. We've seen Him as the Lord of all creation. Turn with me to Luke chapter 9. I've titled today's sermon, Jesus, the Lord who provides. Jesus, the Lord who provides. We have needs that cannot be met outside of Jesus Christ. And so this message is good news for all of us as we are reminded again of the Savior that we have. So I'm going to read the text, Luke 9, 10 through 17, and then I'll pray for us. Luke 9, starting in verse 10, When the apostles returned, they reported to Jesus all that they had done. He took them along and withdrew privately to a town called Bethsaida. When the crowds found out, they followed him. He welcomed them, spoke to them about the kingdom of God, and healed those who needed healing. Late in the day, the twelve approached and said to him, Send the crowd away so that they can go into the surrounding villages and countryside to find food and lodging, because we are in a deserted place here. You give them something to eat, he told them. We have no more than five loaves and two fish, they said, unless we go and buy food for all these people. For about 5,000 men were there. Then he told his disciples, have them sit down in groups of about 50 each. They did what he said, and he had them all sit, and had them all sit down. Then he took the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke them. He kept giving them to the disciples to set before the crowd. Everyone ate and was filled. They picked up twelve baskets of leftover pieces. Let's pray. God, your word is is good. We proclaim it as true. We believe that it is true. We believe that it is necessary for our lives. And so we ask now, Holy Spirit, that you work in our hearts and minds. Help us understand and help us respond as you would have us respond, God. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. So before we get into kind of looking at some of the main kind of points that, can, that come out of this text, I do want us to see the central truth. I want us to see what it is that Jesus is proclaiming or declaring about himself. And that is this, Jesus is the Lord who provides for our needs. Jesus is the Lord who provides for our needs. Let's look at verse 16 and 17. 
the last two verses that we'll be looking at today. Then he took five loaves, took the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke them. He kept giving them to the disciples and set before... I'm sorry, he kept giving them to the disciples to set before the crowd. Everyone ate and was filled. They picked up 12 baskets of leftover pieces. So Jesus is out in a deserted place. Now it says that he takes them to Bethsaida, uh, but the text indicates that they're out in kind of the wilderness near there. They're not in a town. Uh, Because the disciples say that they're in a deserted place. So he takes them out in a deserted place, out in a wilderness, outside of the towns. And there is a crowd without food. And so what Jesus does is he takes the meager portions that they've been able to gather, five loaves of bread and two fish, And he uses what would have only been able to fill maybe a couple of people. He uses that and miraculously provides food for thousands of people in the crowd. He continues to pass out more and more and more. And the crowd is fully satisfied. Right? Verse 17 says, Everyone ate and was filled. Now that miracle alone is amazing, right? Five small loaves of bread, two fish, and Jesus blessing it and miraculously multiplying it and providing more of an abundance, continuing to pass out more and more food to where the entire crowd of thousands of people is satisfied, completely full. It's a miracle. It's amazing in and of itself. But Jesus wasn't just doing a hat trick, right? He wasn't just trying to say, hey, look what I can do. He's declaring something about himself, right? So as Jesus uh, blesses this small amount of food and then provides for so many people, he's trying to declare to them again who he is. And so the scene, the setting, what Jesus is doing, all is used to remind the people of some of the stories of faith that they've been told all of their lives. And it's going to remind them, through that it's going to teach them who Jesus is. Because who could provide food like this? Who could provide in such a miraculous way that He could feed thousands and thousands of people. Only the Lord can do that. And that's what Jesus is trying to show them. Uh, And so He wants them to think back on things that they have learned. The first thing I want to point out uh, that would have connected with the people as they read this account, uh, and, and probably some in the crowds, was think back to the Exodus. Right, that God's people had been in bondage and they witnessed miracle, miracle after miracle and then finally Pharaoh lets the people go and they are able to leave. Pharaoh changes his mind. He sends the army after them. They are pursuing them and then God miraculously rescues them. 
right? He parts the sea, they cross over on dry land, and as the the army pursues them, the water closes back in over them. They've seen miracle after miracle, and they get out in the wilderness, out in a deserted place, and they start complaining. They start grumbling. We had food. Back in Egypt... We really had it good. We always had food. And so back in Exodus 16, we see what the Lord their God did. Exodus 16, verses 11 through 15. The Lord spoke to Moses. I have heard the complaints of the Israelites. Tell them, at twilight you will eat meat, and in the morning you will eat bread until you are full Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. So at evening, quail came in and covered the camp. In the morning, there was a layer of dew all around the camp. When the layer of dew evaporated, there were fine flakes on the desert surface, as fine as frost on the ground. When the Israelites saw it, they asked one another, What is it? Because they didn't know what it was, Moses told them, It is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. God provides bread and meat for the people in a miraculous way. He provides for them to where they are all filled. Out in the desert, they have this miraculous provision and God says when you are full you will know that I am the Lord your God and so Jesus in this scene remember where he is he's out in a deserted place there is no food for the people thousands of people are given provision. He provides an abundance for them and they are all filled. They are all completely satisfied. And so Jesus is declaring His divinity. This is God the Son. Only God could do something like this. Now this story, of course, is kind of focusing on uh, a physical provision that the Lord provides. But it's also pointing us to the greater provision that the Lord provides, right? A greater provision that Jesus is going to provide. Do you know when God receives, in the Old Testament, when God receives the name, the Lord will provide? It's back with the story of Abraham and Isaac. Abraham and Sarah unable to have a child, and God miraculously gives them a little boy, Isaac, when they were well past years to be able to have a child. And that child starts to grow up, and they guess probably around 12 years, we don't know, but he grows up a little bit, and then the Lord calls him and says, Abraham, I want you to take your son Isaac, your only son, and I want you to sacrifice him to me. And Abraham takes Isaac out to the mountain. He puts the wood on his back and they start uphill. And Isaac looks up at his dad and says, Dad, we have 
everything but the lamb. And Abraham says, the Lord will provide. The Lord will provide the lamb. And he takes him up and sets the altar and prepares to sacrifice his son, trusting that God would be able to miraculously raise him back to life if he's obedient. And as he is prepared to do that, an angel of the Lord stops him. And Abraham looks, and a ram is tangled up in the bushes, and a sacrifice has been provided. A sacrifice has been given so that Isaac, his life is spared, so that he will live. And of course, that's pointing to what Jesus does. That's pointing to what God the Father does by sending His Son as the sacrifice for us. And so in Genesis, we see these words. Genesis 22 Verse 14, And Abraham named that place, the Lord will provide. So today it is said, it will be provided on the Lord's mountain. God provides. He provides rescue. He provides salvation for His people. And so as Jesus is miraculously providing for the people where there is a great need. In this scene, He's letting them know the Rescuer is here. He's demonstrating that He is God and He is the Lord who provides for their needs. And so I want us to kind of keep that in our mind as we're thinking through this text. That's the central truth. That's what Jesus is demonstrating to the people in the crowd, to the disciples, and now to us through the Gospel of Luke, is that Jesus is the Lord who provides. And now as we work our way through the text, I want us to see some truths about our Savior. The first, back in Luke 9, that we'll see is this. Jesus wants to provide for our needs. Jesus wants to provide for our needs. Now it is important that we uh, understand that yes, there's still, because of the brokenness of our world, there's still many physical needs. And sometimes we don't see those, uh, you know, supplied for. That does not mean that this is not true of our Savior, right? He has provided for us in the greatest sense. And Scripture does tell us that we will have all our needs met through Christ Jesus. But the first thing I want us to see is this. Jesus wants to provide for our needs. Let's look at 10 and 11, back in Luke 9. When the apostles returned, they reported to Jesus all they had done. He took them along and withdrew privately to a a town called Bethsaida. When the crowds found out, they followed Him. He welcomed them, spoke to them about the kingdom of God, and healed those who needed healing. So if you remember, if you were here last week, uh, what we saw is Jesus, uh, He uh, empowers the twelve to go out and do the ministry that He has for them. And then He sends them out, and they go out and proclaim the good news of the kingdom, and they heal 
uh, in large numbers. And they did that. This wasn't like a, a little short term, like go out for an hour and come back. Uh, it says they went from town to town, village to village. So there was some time in this where they went out and did the work that Jesus Christ had for them. And they return, however long they were gone, and they return and they start to tell Jesus. They report back to Him uh, everything that they've done. Uh, and just think of that scene. Like they've been empowered by the Lord to do this ministry. And they go out and miraculously, through the power of God working in them, they are able to do exactly what He has called them to do. And I can see them like, hey, tell them about when we went to this town. Tell them about when we got to that village, about what they said, about, about those people, how they responded. Tell them about that guy that we healed. But they report back to Jesus everything that had happened. And Jesus takes them and uh, leads them away. In the Gospel of Mark, I believe it says, in order to rest. Uh, They've poured their hearts, they've poured out everything they have serving Jesus. They're exhausted. And Jesus takes them away for some time of rest. However... The crowd follows him. The crowd knows, they see where he's going, they find out where he's going, and they go to follow him there. They want to be near Jesus. They want to be around him, right? The one who has loved them so well, the one who has so much amazing authority and cares for them. And how does Jesus respond? Remember, he's taken his disciples out for some time of rest. And he doesn't respond by saying, guys, can y'all just give us a break? My guys need a break. Can y'all stop for a minute? He doesn't do that. That's not our Savior. Our Savior welcomes them in. The crowd with all their needs coming to Him and He welcomes them. He teaches them about the Kingdom of God and then He heals those who needed healing. Jesus wanted them to come to Him. He welcomed them when they did. And that's how our Savior still is when we have needs. He welcomes us. He wants us to come to Him. In Hebrews, we see these words. Hebrews 12 and verse 2. Keeping our eyes on Jesus, the source and perfecter of our faith. And listen to these words. For the joy that laid before Him, He endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For the joy that was set before Him. He was willing to endure the suffering of the cross for the joy of seeing God's people restored, of seeing God's children rescued, of seeing them whole again. He found joy in that. Right? He welcomes us when we come to Him with our needs. Thomas Goodwin, the Puritan theologian, in his book, The Heart of Christ, says this about that verse. Jesus' own joy 
comfort, happiness, and glory are increased and enlarged by showing grace and mercy in pardoning and relieving and comforting His members here on earth. Imagine that. Our Savior actually finds joy when we come to Him with needs, when He comforts us, when He relieves the suffering that we end, when He forgives our sins, He finds great joy in this. And so since that is true, let's continue to take our needs to Jesus. Do you need forgiveness of sin? Let's take those needs to Jesus. Do you need relief from pain? Are you suffering? Do you have heartaches because of the brokenness of your life in this world? Take those needs to Jesus, whatever our needs are. We can continue to take them to Him. And what do we see in this text? He welcomes us. He finds joy when we come to Him. He wants to provide for our needs. The second truth I want us to see in this text from Luke 9 is this. Jesus is the source of provision for our needs. Jesus is the source of provision for our needs. Let's look at verses 12 through 16 back in Luke 9. Late in the day, the twelve approached and said to him, Send the crowd away so that they can go into the surrounding villages and countryside to find food and lodging because we are in a deserted place here. You give them something to eat, he told them. We have no more than five loaves and two fish, they said, unless we go and buy food for all these people. For about 5,000 men were there. Then he told his disciples, have them sit down in groups of about 50 each. They did what he said and had them all sit down. Then he took the five loaves and the two fish, and looking up to heaven, he blessed and broke them. He kept giving them to the disciples to set before the crowd. So back in verse 12, the day has gone on, right? Jesus welcomed all of these needy people. He is teaching them about the kingdom of God, teaching them the good news. And He is healing them. And as the day goes on, and it starts to wind down, the disciples realize, okay, it's getting late. And there's nothing for these people out here. And so they come to Jesus and say, hey, we need to send these people out. We can't just keep staying here. There's no food for them. And so send them away. And let them find a place to stay. Let them find food. Let them find the provisions that they need. It's time to wrap it up, Jesus. Like, the day's done. And in verse 13, a really important statement. Jesus says, you give them something to eat. You give them something to eat. Now, this is important for two reasons. Uh, it's important first because it allows them to recognize and admit that they have nothing that they can do to help, to help care for this crowd. They cannot provide food for thousands of people when all they have is five loaves of bread and 
two fish. And so they can admit, well, we can't feed them, Jesus. We can't do this, right? And after their admission that they can't provide, Jesus then instructs them, okay, have the crowd sit down into groups of about 50. Now that means there's at least 100 groups because we have 5,000 men in the crowd. That's not counting if there are women and children, and certainly there would have been some, maybe many. But there's at least 5,000 men. And he says, have people sit down into about groups of 50, so at least 100 groups, maybe many more The disciples have said, we can't do it. Jesus says, okay, do this. And they obey. Now, I'm sure what they might be thinking isn't going to line up with actually what happens, but I can see the wheels turning, right? What's he going to do? They've seen the miracles, right? They've seen him do some amazing things. They've seen him raise people back to life from the dead. They've seen him miraculously heal people. They've seen him calm a a horrific storm to a whisper with just a word. And so I'm wondering what they're thinking as they're telling everybody, going through this massive crowd, like, okay, sit down and do groups, do this. I'm sure they're starting to wonder. What's Jesus about to do? And verse 16, we saw it at the beginning, but we'll look at it again. Jesus blesses the food and he starts handing it out to the disciples. He blesses and breaks it, the text says, and then he hands it out to the twelve to start passing out. And it continues. It goes on and on, right? Hundreds of groups of people at a time these people are being fed and satisfied over and over and over. Jesus miraculously provides food for all of these people. And I think this is where we see the second point to the second important truth for us for the twelve the thing that they're learning in this also, not only are they learning that Jesus is the provider, but they're also seeing that anything that they have to offer the people comes through Him, right? They can't do it on their own. Jesus told them, you give them something to eat. And then they actually did give them something to eat, but where did that provision come from? It came from Jesus. And so the twelve are learning again, right? Yeah, we went out, Jesus sent us out, and we did all of these amazing things. They came back and reported it, and Jesus is teaching them, don't forget the the work that you have to do, the care that you give, the provision that you give to people. Don't forget where it comes from. I'm the source of provision for the people. Spiritual needs and physical needs are met through Him. In Philippians, we see these words from Paul. Philippians 4 and verse 19. And my God will supply all your needs 
according to the riches and glory in Christ Jesus. God will supply all our needs in Christ Jesus. We have this as a promise from God's Word. And in Romans, Paul makes the argument, if, if God has given us His Son, right? If He sent His Son to die in our place, how can we, like, how would we think that He wouldn't provide for us everything that we need? Of course He's going to give us everything that we need for this life in Christ Jesus. So, let's believe that. Right? Let's believe that Jesus is the source of provision. Let's rely on Him instead of our own abilities. First and foremost for salvation, He is the only way that we can be saved. He is the only way that our sins can be forgiven. There's nothing that we can do good enough. There's no way that we can earn it on our own. It's only through Jesus Christ and what He's accomplished for us. And from there, for all of our lives, let's remember that all needs are ultimately met through Jesus Christ. And so let's cling to Him. And church, let's remember when we consider the ministry that we have, when we plan for the ministries here at Dogwood Church and, and individually try to live out our faith and be used by God, let's remember that anything that we have to offer this lost world is not because of anything that we have. It's because of Jesus. He is the source of provision. The third thing I want us to see, the final point from this text is this. Jesus provides for our needs with an abundance. Jesus provides for our needs with an abundance. Let's look at verse 17. Thousands of people in the crowd, right? Verse 17, everyone ate and was filled. They picked up 12 baskets of leftover pieces. Jesus didn't just provide a little snack like a little, a little hold me over until I can figure out something else. They were fully satisfied. Their stomachs were full, right? Everyone in the crowd ate and was filled. He met their needs with an abundance. So in addition to everyone being filled, we see at the end that they pick up 12 baskets of leftovers. Now, the text doesn't say this, so we can't say this for sure, but it's hard not to think that those 12 baskets weren't meant to be a reminder for the disciples. For the 12, right? There were 12 of them. Uh, and it's hard to think that, that Jesus wasn't giving them a physical reminder from that, that He provides in an abundance for the needs of the people, and they leave with all of this abundance. That's true of our Savior. He has not changed, right? And especially concerning our spiritual needs, concerning our salvation and the grace and mercy that we need day in and day out from there, 
He doesn't just give us a little. He pours out His entire life. And He continues to provide an overflow of grace towards us and towards this rebellious world that we don't deserve. I love the description from John 1, verse 16. Indeed, we have all received grace upon grace through, I'm sorry, from His fullness. We have all received grace upon grace from His fullness, from Jesus Christ's fullness. Compounded grace. Not just a little bit of grace. Grace upon grace comes from Jesus. You need forgiveness of sins? He has grace upon grace for that. Well, but I've, I've got a whole lot of sins. Yeah, He has grace upon grace upon grace upon grace for that. Have you been hurt? He has grace upon grace upon grace for that. Are you suffering? He has grace upon grace for that. It never ends, right? He provides in an abundance. And so let's keep receiving from Jesus the grace that He provides. Whatever we're facing, whatever we are going through, right? Remember with the first point, I said we need to keep taking our needs to Jesus. Let's not stop. God's Word reminds us that we will not wear out His ability to continue to extend grace to us. For all of our sinning and all of our suffering, we will never reach the end of it because He has grace upon grace upon grace for it all. So let's keep going to our Savior and keep receiving from our Savior the grace that He provides. Jesus is the Lord who provides all of our needs. And the most important need that we have is the forgiveness of sins. He died in our place so that we could be forgiven. And so if you've never received that forgiveness by trusting in Christ, I want you to know about that. We want you to, to believe in Him and receive the forgiveness that He uh, that He has purchased for you. And so if you'd fill out one of the yellow bonds cards and just say that you'd like to know more about putting your faith in Jesus uh, or that you'd like to schedule a meeting with the pastor, I'd love to talk with you about how you can receive the forgiveness that He has provided. And you can drop those cards in the tithe and offering box at the back or give them to me on your way out. Church, let's remember this about our Savior. Right? We have a Savior who wants to meet all of our needs. Uh, we have a Savior who welcomes us when we come to Him with our needs. He wants to care for you. He wants to care for me. He actually finds joy in that. And let's remember, he's the, He is the source of all provision. And let's never forget that He provides an abundance of grace for us and everything that we're facing. Let's pray. God, you are so good and so faithful.
to a people that are often faithless. Thank you for your love and care for us. Jesus, thank you for the provision that you provide in great abundance. Help us believe and help us be changed. For your glory, God. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.